The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue is mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? And welcome to another signed episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. I'm your host, Tim D-O-Double-G. And with me tonight is the man behind the sound effects. At agent underscore 70 on Twitter. What's up, everybody? And we also have at Roddy Cat on Twitter. Kicking names and taking ass. <laughs> Quote the wise mantis. Exactly. Right. That's right. That's right. So make sure to go to our website, theclicknation.com, where you can find previous episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles and Comic Book News. There's links to our social media accounts on the homepage. We're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google Plus. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast by going to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and we are a part of the Cold Slither Podcast Network. Go to CSPN.us. Do it today. And while you're on the CSPN, make sure to buy some Comic Book Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. Remember, we record live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can always watch live along with us by bookmarking theclipnation.com forward slash live. And make sure to use the hashtags Comic Book Chronicles and CBCron on social media to join in the conversation. So, around this time last week, all three of us were sitting in theaters, maybe even coming out of theaters, depending on what time your, sh- mm-hmm. your show started, from watching Avengers Infinity War. The music plays in the background. Well done. So, this will be our recap yeah. new episode. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. We are a week out, but we have to keep in mind that some people just can't, you know, fit it into their busy, crazy schedule. So gigantic spoiler alerts. Here comes the spoiler bell. So we should, I guess, start off with just overall impressions of the film. Uh, I described it as epic. I, I was... Slightly, I enjoyed it the first time, but I kind of felt it was, it was there was a lot of sort of picking up picking of the movie apart on my side. Mm-hmm. Like there were things right. I didn't like, not so much didn't like, but things I was like, oh, there wasn't as much cap in it, or 
there wasn't as much time spent on these different relationships mm-hmm. that I thought there would be. And it took me seeing the film a second time to uh, appreciate that it really is a Thanos film. Sure. He is the star and everyone else is just guest stars or co-stars right. in the journey. Right. I would say that it's a, it's a Thanos film with, uh, you know, like if you were going to, you know, not that Marvel movies are ever like uh, nominated for Oscars, but if you were going to put in a nomination for best supporting actor, you know, best lead actor, you would say uh, Thanos, right? Uh, uh, but I would say best supporting actor in like a feature role or whatever would be Thor. Because I believe I, I think Thor played like a huge role in this movie, coming straight off of Ragnarok. Yeah, you know he had the best, you know, the best one-liners. He was actually on a quest in this movie. You know, it was his quest to come up with the counterweapon, the countermeasure to Thanos, and you know that whole trip alongside the Guardians and and specifically Rocket and Groot was like a big part of the movie. Yeah, there uh, Thor's arc in the film is great, and it sort of makes up for him not doing too much in Age of Ultron. Yeah, yeah. You get to have his Avengers moment. What's funny is that I always felt like we'd never had Thor um, used as, like, the, the, the last... He, the, Thor's always been kind of either the, the point man for an attack or the guy that comes in after all the other Avengers have kind of done their, you know, performed some sort of strategy according to Cap's strategy. And then, you know, Thor's like, you know what? You know all this. You know all the strategies like serve to like distract or weaken the the enemy, but not Thor's coming in and just you know throwing the hammer and laying the smackdown. And that's like that. That's how Thor's been portrayed a lot. And this is the first time where you actually got to see him, you know, lay waste, you know, to like scores of enemies and to kind of come in as the cavalry. He's been portrayed like that in in, in numerous comics, but I don't think we'd never really used him to that effect. Well, you saw a little bit of it in the Thor books, specifically uh, books, um, movies. movies, specifically like say Dark World, and having rewatched like all of those, most of those movies right. uh, recently. Um, so in the first couple of those, he was kind of laying waste to you know a bunch of dudes, but yeah, not with the I Avengers, mean, right? Yeah. Specifically referencing the Avengers because right. we're dealing with <clears throat> movies, and like the first one, you know, everyone's kind of playing their part in the ensemble, you know. Um, the second one, you know, like Tim was, was referencing Age of Ultron and I tried, you know, like I, I didn't watch that that recently, but I did rewatch it in advance of this movie. And, you know, uh, there's times, you know, there's specific comic storylines that I, you know, I felt like they could have, you know, borrowed from when it comes to like Thor versus Ultron and they just never did it. Hmm. Which kind of brings me to a big, big thing, which we'll probably get to in a little bit. Uh, they kind of slightly annoyed me about this movie. Um, I don't know if we want to go in. Just give, go ahead and rip it, rip that one off right now. Go for it. So, um, again, spoiler alerts. We've already yeah, we are. So they got a bunch of people off the board. I don't want to say killed because they didn't get killed. However, a couple of people did get killed, and I was right about one of them, I think. So, um, and I feel justified about that. Regardless, there was the the people that were taken off the board near the end of in in the movie. Um. It didn't seem like any of the "quote unquote" the, the OG Avengers, the mainline Avengers, none of them got taken off the board, mm-hmm. and that's what people were expecting, right. including well, that's not even including. So that part was kind of a disappointment because I was like, okay, it seemed like it would have had a little bit more weight behind all of that that happened if a couple of them did, specifically the couple that you know, the one that uh, the two that everyone were was exactly Iron Man, but at the yeah. same 
time, I think they were messing with everyone's expectations. Well, it's too soon to get rid of them because you have one more movie well, to get. But, well, but that's just it, though. Like, everybody, like, it's not like everybody that they took care of, that they got off the board, is gone forever. So it's not like, you know, that could have still been the case going into the next movie. You know, they could have mixed it up a little bit better with the people they got off the board. And they took the freaking backpack off the board, and that pissed me off. Oh, come on. <laughs> what makes me laugh about that is everyone knows he's coming back. So I well, know that, that wasn't the part, but I'm saying like, the, but like I said, it kind of goes back to my original point. We're saying like, you mean to tell me they couldn't mix up the people that got off the board more than that. And they just like, well, just, we'll just keep all of the original people uh, on the board and everybody else, you know, all the secondary people, you know, we'll just get rid of them. And it's, it's not that big of a deal. Like, yeah, I know we know, we know they're coming back, but that wasn't that wasn't the point I was just making. I understand. I understand. It's uh I mean of the of the Avengers who were in the first movie, right? Who's gone? Is there anyone gone? No one. Yeah. Because Widow's still there. Yeah, everyone was everyone from the original movie is there. Shield. Well, I mean, yeah, sure. They did get them off the board, which that was another point of contention, but um but they were also like I don't want to say secondary character, which that actually bothered me for another reason. So I'm like, wait a minute. So this big world-ending threat, and Nick Fury, you know, spoiler for the for the end of the credit thing, and Nick Fury doesn't find out until shit's already popping off. That seems kind of weird to me. Yeah, but most of it's happening off, you know, at least the big parts are happening off world until the very end. True, but again, like, well, yeah, but you think about it in the beginning, even in the beginning when um when Hulk came back to Earth and. And met up with Doctor Strange and, then, and 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 Tony, and then all that stuff popped off. Then in New York, yeah, yeah, but that was, actually, that was surprisingly short, to be honest. True, like, but you know, like come that. on, with, yeah, but with what we know about Nick Fury, even in this movie, and what I mean, even leading, I mean, even coming into the movies, and how much he knew and how much he was trying to prepare for, he didn't know about any of this. Yeah, but at the same time, Shield has been dismantled for a long time. Even yeah, and when does that ever stop Nick Fury? You no, know, but at the same time, even even then, like he's probably got what a helicarrier at his disposal at, at best. Yeah, which and to be fair, oh lord, what happened? Oh, and to be fair, what he did at you know in his part in the movie, which leads into the next movie, still, you know, it shows some sort of preparation. So we get that part, but right. I don't know. It seems to still seem kind of weird about that. Uh, but that's it. Actually, I wanted to ask you guys a question real quick. So before going into this movie, did you actually, because you, you mentioned Agent 70 that you watched some of the movies prior to this. Did you do all of them or did you just like just do stuff that was like pertaining to coming yeah, into this? I just wanted to watch because I've watched them all, you know, at some point, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, over the years and just, you know, I kind of rewatched my favorites. Um, you know, I didn't watch all the Iron Mans, obviously. Sure. Uh, you know, you only just really need to watch like the first one and just like leave the other two alone. Like, realistically, all I did was, like, the stuff that specifically called towards the, the Infinity Stones and whatnot, and, and, you know, that was kind of direct to this movie, which kind of cuts, cuts down your viewings significantly. Right. What about you, Tim? What was the question? Uh, did you did you do a rewatch of uh, movies yeah. prior to this? Oh, yeah. Um, my wife wanted to see everything because she hasn't had the memory to remember every detail and who's appeared where, so we... Got all the way up to Civil... We'll see. We definitely got to Civil War. And then we kind of started, like, picking mm-hmm. movies. So mm-hmm. She watched yes. Doctor Strange. The day of, she didn't go to work. So she actually stay, uh, got to watch Doctor Strange and Thor Ragnarok. Good. Gotcha. Yeah, and those are important ones. Yeah, because yeah. I told her, I was like, skip Ant-Man, skip 
we had, we had already watched Guardians three or two mm-hmm. a month or so ago, so that was kind of still fresh in her mind. So she didn't watch that, and we watched Spider Man Homecoming when it came out on DVD. So she didn't mm-hmm. really rewatch that again. Asia, which, which that part is funny because that brings about a, a thing that people that I saw on the internet a lot. People were like, "They killed Spider Man." <laughs> I'm like, really? I'm sorry to laugh. I know. I mean, it's funny to so we because we know, and and it's, you know, so that is we're not trying to you know same thing about those people, but it was like, eh, okay, yeah. It, but it was still kind of funny to see kind of, that kind of talk. Going yeah. On. yeah, but you know what? I like watching you know uh, uh, these movies with people like that. You know, I'd rather yeah. you know I, I can't laugh at them. I'm just like, you know what? Good. I'm glad that you had that kind of visceral uh, mm. reaction to it because that means you care. That means they're doing their job and and right. creating. You know, I hate to like you know like I've joked about this before, and I, it's not an original thought on my part, but you know, Marvel's biggest accomplishment is kind of turning these people who are watching these movies into people who are sort of like comic book readers because they're used to the serialized storytelling and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of piecing things together right? the way they would, the way we would uh, reading comics. Right. Yeah. It was, there were a couple of times where it's like, okay, y'all are being a little too hyperbolic on, on some of this because not that serious, but at the same time, it was kind of funny and good to see the reaction from people coming out. Like, I was so emotional and this, that, and the other, and, and you know, I was all up in my field about it. I was like, that's, as you just said, I'm like, yeah, they did your job on it. Yeah, no, they definitely done it. And what's funny is that, you know, coming into this movie, they were talking about the 10-year anniversary of the Marvel Cinematic Universe starting. And it's amazing that it's been 10 years. And, you know, not that, you know, it's not a time to pile on DC, but you have to understand that this was like a gigantic risk on, the, on, on Marvel's and Marvel Studios' part. And, you know, this is the culmination of 10 years of like, you know, lots of risk-taking and, and, and universe building for us to get to this point, you know? Well, apparently the New York Times doesn't get that and a couple of outlets. Yeah, the time, you know what it is? The Times does get it. That's the thing. What's funny or the is Post, Post, I can't remember which one it was. It's the Times because A.O. Mm. Scott, you know, like I read a lot, you know, like I subscribe to the Times and I read uh, Scott's. I was hoping that Manola Dargis, the other um, movie critic for the Times, uh, the main movie critic for the Times would have done this. But um, A.O. Scott did the review and he's generally not very um, generous to the, uh, the the Marvel movies and the comic book movies in general. But he comes right off the comes out right at the top of the, the, the review and says, this is not something that we can review in the traditional sense. It's not a movie that we can review in the traditional sense because there's so much information you need to have acquired through watching previous movies, uh, you know, in order to be able to comprehend and process what's going on in this one. So it's not like, you know, it's, you know how we always joke about how uh, a comic can be um, uh, 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 first time reader friendly or new reader friendly, right? This movie is not new viewer friendly. It's not new reader friendly. You can't walk into this cold. True. So, you know, that, you know, like, so most movies you can, you know, uh, you know, unless you're dealing with something that is, you know, like the second part of a three part trilogy or something, you know, of a trilogy or something, you know, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that's, uh, that's, that's to be understood. Like you're not going to walk into, technically you could walk into the third John Wick movie, you know, that's being, that's being made now and not really have to have seen the first two. But, yeah. Realistically, those kind of stand alone, but yeah. Right. But at the same time it helps. Whereas this, it's necessary to have seen the previous ones. Mm-hmm. So that's, I guess, that's the difference, and that's, I think, what uh, uh, Mr. Scott was trying to get at. You know, so I understood his criticism. I definitely understood it. Um, you know, it's a little bit of uh, condescension on the part of like the highbrow, you know, the higher brow movie critics. You know, sure. 
Which, yeah, that's been going on forever. So, But back to the actual movie, though. Just, Seriously. Um, so parts? Have we talked about the parts where... I know we talked about this before uh, before the show, but the parts where uh, the audience cheered. Oh, just or reacted out loud. Yeah. Like Tim and I were talking about, like, I asked when... Because they did a fake out that, you know, there's some articles about how the, the, the trailer footage has been, you know, altered and doctored so that we don't necessarily see the setting that some scenes are, are in. Yeah, so, but that always that happens a lot. Right. But even more so with the Marvel movies, because mm-hmm. I think they're trying to, you know, like kind of throw curveballs at everybody. So when Cap is revealed, that's when, you know, like I heard like gasps in the in the theater. I heard, mm-hmm. you know, like I cheered, I clapped. You know, there's a lot of cheering and clapping for that. So, you know, and then with the reveal of Wakanda. That mm-hmm. was, you know, everyone cheered when, uh, you know, when, when the Quinjet, co- you know, uh, approaches. And even when they went to the original Avengers base in upstate New York, when, when Rhodey, uh, you know, kind of takes them back with open arms. Yeah. I still would have liked them to have done the, the, the get the man of shield line the way they had it in the trailer. Yeah. But the way they did it in the movie fit and was still good. Right. It just wasn't as dramatic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So yeah, def- there was a little audible no- noise when Cap appeared on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, when Wakanda, you first saw Wakanda, there were some cheers and claps. I think I might have squealed a little bit. <laughs> and definitely the biggest for me in both my showings were, was during the Battle of Wakanda when uh, the Bifrost lands and then you see that uh, Stormbreaker come flying out. Yep. Yeah. And then what was cool about it, so... Of course, everyone knew it was Thor, but then they built it up as the music kept building. You know, Stormbreakers knocking all the Outriders off the Avengers, flies back, and he's not alone, but also with Rocket and Group. Right. Mm-hmm. So, did anybody when when they first mentioned uh, Stormbreaker, did did anybody was like, "Oh man, where's the Prater Bill? <laughs> yeah, of course, that's in the back of my mind. Like, oh man. <laughs> Like, I was so disappointed that, you know, like, they used the name. Like, they couldn't just, like, reforge another hammer. You know, like, right. they couldn't put Mjolnir back together, you know, with the scraps. Like, I would have right. loved that. Like, if he had gone to gather up the, the, uh, the whatchamacallit, the scraps, the, the remains of Mjolnir and brought them to Nidavellir, you know? That would have yeah, yeah, right? And just, like, reforged it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, good things. Yeah. yeah there, there, there was a lot to like about that movie. And, and granted... I'm not going to sit here and say that the movie was perfect, but it was pretty darn like it did everything that I, that you would expected it to do leading up to this, right? And pretty much, right? And as much as they want to say that it's a standalone, it's not because you know it's leading right into the next one. Like, it's, yeah, I, like I don't even know who's saying that. So, which brings me to my other point of contention because when when we first found out about this movie, as you as everyone knows, they said it was going to be two movies, and then they went back on and was like, "No, we're just going to have this one big movie, and that's and that's it." Now, granted, yeah, we still kind of knew that some kind of somehow, some way, it was going to lead in the next movie, and the Avenger Four, whatever it ends up being, was just going to be something like an aftermath or something like that, which it technically still is. But I still think they kind of it's a two part movie, I, yeah. exactly. And I think they could they kind of you know like kind of went back on that, and I'm like, oh wait, it's actually still a two part movie like they originally said, but I get their reasoning for saying, you know, that it's just going to be one big movie because like pretty much most of the things happen here and, you know, the next movie is going to be whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But it's still part of this, which still just like seems a little <laughs> disingenuous. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ultimately it's, you know, it, it, it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, blame them because I think part of it is marketing. 
you know, and part of it is just, you know, they, it's, it, it's just hard to, it's hard to quibble about it now because they, I think they pulled this off so well. Yeah, I mean, totally. Like I said, it was just like, mm, it, it was just something that was like, I was leaving the movies like that's weird, but all right, sure. Mm-hmm. Again, like I said, with everything I just said, and you know, in 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 mind, it was like, okay, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was, it was just like, well, okay, why would you say something like that and still be the thing that you originally said, technically? Right. So, so the ending. Were we pleased, surprised, stunned? A little bit of everything. Uh, I was like, huh, that's how they did it. That's how they left it, huh? All right. <laughs> Funny is that yeah. it's a little bit of everything because if you think about it, like if you go back to the original Infinity Gauntlet, they start right. at this point. You know, they don't get to this point. You know, they don't They don't like kind of lead up to this point. Like all this stuff happened in, in Infinity Gauntlet, like outside of the miniseries. Because it happened in the Silver Surfer uh, books. Like with the right. Guy, the, but, oh, and so, so going on that... Yeah, so going on that note, I was actually re after that I started rereading those books and I read re- um I read up until actually I think I, I didn't finish because I read up until Infinity Gauntlet Five, mm-hmm. which is basically gets up to where the the, the movie ends. So but if you think like, about it, at the beginning of the movie, you've already got you know half the the population winked out, so you only have half of the heroes that they can choose from the pool. Yeah. You know, in the first issue. So I'm not, listen, I'm not ringing the spoiler, but I rang the spoiler about once. I am not talking about spoiling a comic book that is t- how many years old? Well, I because they really didn't get rid of anybody until, oh, yeah, you're right. They did start off. Yeah, you, you're right. Like, right. They did start off with that. Yeah. And that's what led everything to go on into. Exactly. Because if you remember, yeah. there's like a big computer screen that's talking about who's missing. That was the second issue. Yeah. Right. But that's the beginning of the story. Right. But yeah, because they had gotten rid of everybody in the first issue. You're right. 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 So when, when they start with that, right? That's basically, you know, that's to me, that's kind of like the rationale. Like, all right, we're taking kind of like in No Surrender in the current Avengers books, we're taking what? characters off the board and you're going to have to kind of accomplish this big mission with who's left. Sure. Yeah. And they, the director said that they the, made the decisions on who was going to go away based on like whoever, you know, some people were going to have bigger roles in Infinity War compared to the fourth one. Or and some people have more in the fourth than Infinity War, so that's kind of how they made decisions on, you know. I suppose. I at least some of the decisions. Sure. Uh, didn't really seem like they didn't do much thinking on that. It was like I was just leave the original. Uh, you know what makes me laugh? Yeah, okay. the originals got us. With the exception of with the exception of one missing Hawkeye, and you know. Right. <laughs> but you know what makes me laugh about that is they kept the Koye, and I'm like, yeah, that, yeah, that was yeah, that was cool. I was like, well, and uh, and uh, and Shuri's still around because they didn't they didn't. Well, they right. don't know. Well, yeah, but it seemed like to me they would have, they would have, they would have shown yeah. that. Yeah, so. they would have shown that. But Okoye was around, and that was heartbreaking to see her. You know, like kind of, um, you know, like watch all this stuff. And she had some of the best lines, like mm-hmm. um, uh, when the Scarlet Witch kind of, you know, lays into those big rolling things. She's just like, "What the hell is she doing back up there?" <laughs> up there. Yeah, <laughs> use her on the field. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she has, she has some awesome lines, which. Well, like we'll talk about that later in the news because that has nothing to do with this. Um, but yeah, so speaking of the uh, best part of the movies for you guys, uh, you want to go to the worst part? <laughs> I thought I thought the Hulk's storyline in this was interesting. Yeah, I thought that was a very interesting take and not something that I expected um, uh, in this because it, it basically draws on what happened in Ragnarok, but but even solidifies it even more because we've got the a separate and distinct Hulk personality as opposed to being just like a an, an, the angry side of Bruce Banner. Yeah, the shook side. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, what's funny is that all of a sudden he finally gets, you know, his butt handed to him and now he doesn't want to play anymore. Mm-hmm. 
which I, which is also a funny thing that got brought up. Well, not brought up, but I, it also calls attention that how much they drew from the other movies, or at least called up in the other movies. Because uh, again, rewatching uh, the original Avengers, and there was a line that um, that um, Ruffalo says as Brooke Banner was like, "I I don't get a suit of, suit of armor," and then he's up here in a in a Hulk poster. Whether that was intentional, or not, I don't know. Yeah, surprising. Um, speaking of the whole surprising that he got sort of got his ass kicked and then decided not to show his face anymore. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I thought that part was quite funny. I was like, damn. And, and he got it handed early, like in the beginning, because oh, and in the beginning of the movie, they got rid of. So okay, here's, here's the, another thing. It seemed like I had more complaints about the movie than than actual than I actually do. But this is just stuff that kind of that kind of had me thinking about this. So in the beginning of the movie, they they already caught up with um, Thor and the Asgard folks, and supposedly kills you know goes and kills half of them. But then they just destroy the ship. So where's everybody else? On an escape pod or another escape ship? I, I don't know if that's the case. No, because no, because they've already confirmed that that's where Valkyrie is. Yeah, I did a new story on that. Oh, I did it? Okay, so. Right, they confirmed. Right, they've already confirmed that Valkyrie and the other half of the Asgardians. Um, you know, re- you know, retreated, and uh, you know, whoever's on the ship, the main ship, um, who we saw laid out was the yeah. other half, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, including a couple of yes, yeah, well, laid out folks. Yeah, exactly. I was like, it sucks that they that they that they waxed Heimdall. Yeah, annoyed at that, um, and they got rid of Loki, which I kind of figured was going to happen one way or another, and and I thought it was going to happen in that way because I was like, well, he's he's going to run off out of Thanos, and then yeah. Although what sucks is that that got spoiled for me. That someone spilled that to me as a rumor that morning when I was in the office, and they were like, "Oh, I heard that such and such, you know, gets whacked, you know, that that Loki gets whacked early in the movie." And I was like, "Oh, I never, I haven't heard that." And sure enough, it happens. I'm like, "Son of a, you know." Well, see, my whole thing going into this is like, okay, clearly he's going to pay for that, the, the, the you know, failing in Avengers. Where it didn't necessarily happen like that, but it, it still kind of happened as a part of that, right? So I was like, well, we knew he's going. Plus, obviously, you have to think about, you know, whose contracts are up at some point, which is just kind of thing you don't want to think about, you know, right. as a part of the movie. But at the same time, it's still a thing. What I was going to say is at the same time, given how open a lot of these actors are to coming back from maybe bit roles and cameos, I, I try not to think about that except for Chris Evans. Because sure. Chris Evans is freaking on Broadway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like he didn't fly out to L.A. to do like the whole uh, uh, premiere thing because he was on Broadway. You know, I didn't and, know he had chops like that. You know, he's, yeah, that's why he wasn't at the was it a world premiere or whatever. He's actually on Broadway right now for another week or two. Is he punching uh, Adolf Hitler in the mouth? No, no. I think he plays a cop, but uh, but uh, what's one called? But he's in a play with uh, which one? with uh, Scott Pilgrim. Oh, uh, Michael Sarah? Yeah. yeah, weird. Again, with because he was in wait, yeah, he was in that movie. He was in Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> he was one of the boyfriends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which if you haven't seen Scott Pilgrim, folks, you watch it. That was pretty good. Yeah. So, so, but in terms of the ending, like I loved hearing people comment around me, even though I wanted to punch them in the face, be like, "Shut up," you know. Yeah. <laughs> like I heard, I heard, you know, like uh, there, there were there were some some fans who who behind me were just like, "No, not Black Panther," you know, because you know these are like the newest characters we've been introduced to, and I'm just like, "Oh, just relax." And then, oh, hell, even knowing though, like even knowing what was the deal, like I, I kind of guessed it. Not, I didn't necessarily say it. But, but the one, no, but the one that I think shocked everyone was Spider Man. Yeah, that's the one where I think you know, even like the hardcore, the hardcore fans like us were just like, "Whoa!" You know, <laughs> even though we know he's coming back, it's kind of like, "Whoa!" They actually did that to Spidey, you know? Right. 
and it teases with the whole Tony thing. I was like, all right, well, he's just like he's about done, but oh no, yep, now you just get stuck in space. Yeah, I know, right? Well, he gets gutted, right? But then he kind of like cauterizes the wound on his own, and I'm like, oh my god, talk right. about fake out. You know, mm-hmm. they have Thanos punch out Cap, and then he comes running in again, and I'm like, oh my god, I thought you were dead. Mm-hmm. You didn't get much of Thanos Cap. Thankfully, Thanos didn't really do much once he got on Earth. He took yeah. to what was his. <laughs> yep. And it was crazy that the Scarlet Witch was the one that was holding him off. Right. That's not she, crazy. She's I was one of the most powerful. She threw down in this uh, film. Yeah. I heard, so I heard somebody, somebody saying, like, how come she was so weak in, in, in I guess, Age of Ultron or, or the original, or, yeah, or not Age of Ultron, and, and yeah, in Age of Ultron. And now she's all she's like God tier now. I'm like, well, what? And she was always this powerful, and she was kind of powerful then. She was just kind of still coming. She was just coming into things, mm-hmm. you know. I was about to tell you, it's not fair to uh, compare uh, Age of Ultron, Scarlet Witch, to now because right. you know she was just she was just introduced, power. right? So. And she was still like super reliant upon Quicksilver to kind of watch her back. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, what else? Uh, what did you guys think of uh, the guardian, the role of the guardians in this? Like specifically Peter Quill, who everyone was like yelling at in the movie. <laughs> you know, I was like in that one particular part. I'm like, well, so I found it ironic slightly because I'm like, okay, it took Iron Man to try to, to try to you know to be the one to calm him down, especially after Civil War. So I'm like, okay, that's that's a funny turn. It was but like, at the same time, no, but it was Iron right. Man fight. You could hear them. I was just like, oh my god, this is hysterical. Right, but yeah, but, but it was but, but it was mainly Tony the one kind of like was like, hey, calm down, we don't want to do this. And I'm like, well, shit, you just did the same thing in Civil, you know, Civil War, quarter well, two years ago. But right. that's so I thought it was kind of funny. So somebody had to be the one to, to cause messy. things to go screw up. So of course it had to be Star Lord. <laughs> <laughs> And did you guys appreciate uh, Drax being like, I'm staying still and snacking? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm messed up. You cannot see me. <laughs> I'm like, I thought it was like, okay, I don't, it, that, that kind of seems slightly unnecessary, but the fact that they had it in there just kind of break up stuff was pretty good. Yeah. So, oh, the, so the Red Skull pops up. Yes, and it's not Hugo Weaving. Like, yeah, yeah, I was like, you, you, you could tell that. But I thought, I was like, oh, that was an interesting way to kind of bring that back up. Because I was like, well, we knew how he, you know, ended up. Also. So, but then that made me think, I was like, okay, well, what about everybody else that got kind of displaced by the Cosmic Cube? We don't know. Where are those from? We don't know. I've always thought that uh, the people that got shot with the uh, energy from the Tesseract right. weren't disintegrated. They just went somewhere. Right. Yeah. Like, like to- you know, like, uh, like uh, whatchamacallit, um... Uh, uh, Zola and and the skull when they were like trying to figure out how to uh, harness the energy. Got the people that got shot. Exactly. Yeah. Like they disintegrated to us, but I thought they were just being transported. Which probably still could be the case. They just didn't bother to you know right expand put on them in the yeah. yeah. And I was like, because when and the reason why I brought up the, the Red Skull part because it was like having recently read like um, Exiles. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, wait, he's kind of taking up a similar role that. Uh, that the former Nick Fury is like, and he kind of had to make the the um the, the the costuming of the unseen. I'm like, I wonder if that's that was kind of a, an intentional thing. That, I mean, that could be just me just speculating on my, my, my bottom. You never knew with these things. Yes, yeah, but it kind of seemed like that. I'm like, hmm, that's... but I like that. That was so out of left field. Mm-hmm. You know, that shocked everybody. So I like that. I like that. I wasn't spoiled on that part. Yeah, which goes back to the point of like, yeah, they they took they 
kind of cherry pick a lot of stuff from from previous movies to kind of bring up in this one. Right, but related to the gems, like you guys were right. saying earlier, like that's de- that's head on, like you know, that's spot on, like oh, this or is- not because like you consider, yeah, or not if you consider like the the Tony Stark uh, Pepper thing, which is not necessarily directed, you know. No, but in terms of like the side effects of the gems, I mean, like anything that that, that was involved, like uh, you know, they brought up the collector, yeah. you, know, you know, it was like a side thing. What I was kind of disappointed w- with um, was they kind of glossed over what happened to Xandar. Yeah. Yeah, that, they said that came out to a time crunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that one showed just the same kind of devastation over and over again. Right. Which, that makes sense. But I like that. Um, I read an article. I don't know if you wrote this, Tim, or it might have been one of your colleagues, um, that uh, the original um, story regarding, uh, the, I guess, the recruitment of Richard Ryder is that Xandar's destroyed, and they're looking to rebuild the core. Mm-hmm. And that might come that that might that might be part of the next phase where Xandar's been destroyed. They remake the core in a different image as opposed to being like a bunch of pilots. Hmm. So there's yeah. a different a couple of different ways they can take it. They could have like they could do the I guess the original story where they copied Green Lanterns, where right. a Nova Corps corpsman escaped but injured and crashes on Earth and passes his helmet on to Richard Ryder or Sam Alexander, whichever character they decide to go with. Right, that's definitely that's definitely in the in the mix now. I think. Mm-hmm. All right. So, anything else uh, before we get to kind of like final thoughts on the movie? I mean, there's, spec- there's the speculation that you know a Guardians note will still um, pop up in Avengers Four, which seemed like it could possibly happen, being the coming of uh, Adam Warlock. Mm-hmm. Um, so, whatever that's going to play going into the next movie, I'm very glad they didn't kill Rhodey. Um, like actually kill Rhodey. <laughs> <laughs> like the I was, comics, yeah, yeah, because I was going into this thinking they probably would do this mess. Um, but overall, like the movie was great. Like I probably would go see this again, um, but I haven't thought about it. I, well, I should probably because my seats were terrible. And I should probably go for a new, new another reunion. But there's probably a couple of things I can think of right now that I wanted to bring up. Um, but I'll get most parts got everything I needed to do out of it. I mean, out of out of this. Yeah, I was about to say I had like the, the almost opposite. Uh, 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 experience because my seats were like the first first row the first row of the upper part so you know like you know how they have sometimes they have like a metal railing that right you can put your feet up so i was able to put my feet up and we were like right in the middle so, so i pretty much had like some of the best seats i've had for a movie in a while my, I, I got lucky that a friend of mine um uh, uh bought me into the group so you know like it was just like a row that he had uh purchased and we all just kind of paid him for it so um but uh, in terms of you know my 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 final thoughts on this, it's 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 a good thing that I came in as cold as I did, so that I could be as surprised as I was with a lot of the developments and, and a lot of how uh, things were weaved together. Um, I thought that you know it's such a strong Thanos movie that um, you know he you know they did a, a great job of making him a sympathetic villain figure. Oh, we should talk about that a little bit more actually. Let's expand on that because yeah, you like obviously us knowing. Who, the comics story, yeah, yeah, the comics version of Thanos and everything leading up to this was like, well, this is big bad bad bad, and you know he's just out for one thing and another. But no, that was actually a surprisingly more depth that they gave him in this movie than than you would have expected. You know, he's a better dad than Goku. Ah, what I was gonna, <laughs> what I was going to say is, you know, like in terms of the you know like the theory behind what he's doing, 
Right. Kind of like, wait a second, that actually makes an unfortunate amount of sense. As mm-hmm. opposed to being like, I'm going to try to get with Lady, you know, not not Lady Death because that's the DC character. I'm going to get with this chick that's the embodiment of death. So I'm going to please her by waxing half the population of the universe. And going back to the, the, the original comics, that the comics actually kind of had a similar tone, minus the death part, because obviously he was doing all that for death, but at the same time, going back to the Silver Server parts, he right. even, because he was trying to get Silver Server on board by saying, like, hey, this is all these people, and, you know, all of this is going to happen because of all these people, and half of the, like, granted, he didn't go into that in the movie, and all, like, I'm, but you can kind of, right, you know, get some of that out of that. Right. He's, like, he's, yeah, they're talking he about feels his, He feels that what he's doing is kind of noble. Right. Right. And he uses his, he uses the example of Titan, which kind of, you know, retcons the, the story of Titan, you know, mm-hmm. like, there's no idea of Star Fox. There's no, you know what I mean? Like, all, and all that stuff, you know? Yeah, I still kind of wanted to, to, to kind of pop up. Like, this is like, you just see some tattered, tattered remains of his, of his uniform or something show up. Yeah, like, no, men, no mention of mentor or anything like that, or no mention of, like, his deviant background. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it was surprisingly, you know, and, and they did that, you know, that's, that was one of the other big things that came out of this was that people were, that, that critics and, and people were commenting on the fact that Marvel, you know, he finally came up with a, a sol- another solid villain. Mm-hmm. So. And Wakanda Battle was awesome. Well, you know, I, 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 I wish that was longer. Yeah, but... kind of. Really? I thought that was taking forever. Like, I, I compared it to the <clears throat> of Pelennor Fields in, um, in, in what's it called? Return of the King in, in Lord of the Rings. I kind of tried to go there, but it was like, eh, like, I, I see, I could see that being gone for, put it that way. Mm-hmm. So, especially the part where Thor comes in because kind of slightly mirrors when the Gandalf kind of rides in and yeah, all that kind of goodness. So yeah, I can see that. Right. Um, I, I was going to mention um, uh, there are a couple of scenes where you know you're thinking you know they couldn't get Cap a bigger shield, <laughs> they couldn't get him. You know, they literally just gave him like a couple of gauntlets basically to uh, to kind of punch things. And I'm like, come on, Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I ain't trying to give that man all that in the way, you know. I I half expected like okay, the energy shield first, yeah, and then they give him that or something. But you know they didn't really go over that too much, or at the very least, like the shields, the both of the little gauntlets were going to come in together as a bigger shield or something. Right, and obviously that's what they tease, and that's what the the toys show. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's a tease for what's going to happen in the next movie. But it's just kind of like, well, this you know, like you see, I get you know. He wasn't all that distinguishable from T'Challa in that sense. Like you saw, the only thing they did was like they ran out in front of the Wakandan troops, right? Right? Um, you know, because they're the super soldiers. Basically, they're the ones who are like, you know, what? We're faster than all of you guys, so we're just gonna go jump in front and take on as many as we can. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? Because we can, we can be talking about <laughs> you know, there's a ton to to talk about on this, and I've only seen the movie once. I'm drawing yeah. on a lot of like podcasts I've listened to from like kind of non traditional sources. Like shout out to the Ringer, um, and uh, and a couple other podcasts where I listen to uh, you know not comic booky people talk about this. So yeah, I got a couple podcasts say for the commute to listen to. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So no, the only thing I could think of was like, well, so they did the I think they did the Black Order all right, and. Dinklage's um, part that we now know was slightly uh, surprising, but non-surprising. Dwarf, yeah. yeah. I thought that you know what's funny is that I thought that they underpowered the Black Order. Yeah, they were just nameless yeah. goons because only Ebony <clears throat> Maw got named. No, they named uh, Proxima. Yeah, they, they didn't name Proxima. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But yeah, like I just thought that. Uh, you know, I think they did. They named Corvus Glaive also at once, but yeah, but I thought he got whacked pretty easy. Pretty much. I was like, he just got stabbed. I'm like, that's not how Corvus Glaive goes out. 
Apparently it is. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, seriously. So, but uh, yeah, that's, you know, like a minor, minor criticism, you know, to see them get whacked so easily. Because like when you're you're reading like Infinity, they're just like mowing people down. Right. And the callback to Thor, speaking of Infinity, was that was that part right there was like, okay, that still that still hits the point. Yeah. So, you know, like, they, they took on a bunch of Asgardians. Like, yeah, I mean, come on. The Avengers are the Avengers, but come on, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Um, I think that's it, at least for our, our immediate thoughts on uh, Infinity War. You want me to read an ad? Go for it. All right. Our first ad of the night is for Funko. Fun at first sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles, such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel, T-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise, custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now, the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off, and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through CSPN.us. Do it today. And with that, I'll be dipping out of the show for the foreseeable future. As I... You have good reasons. Good reasons. Have the, the baby on the way. Yay! Got to Got to harness all the sleep I can get. <laughs> but I will be hopefully still passing along my clips of the week and chiming in here and there on the spreadsheets and on the interwebs. Right, especially if you have a chance to like throw in thoughts on any of the Marvel movies. Not that you're going to have a lot of time to watch them, but if you're ever able to get a, uh, yourself some time aside, like personal time. Yeah, I need to buy my Deadpool tickets now that I think about it. <laughs> you know, Deadpool or Ant-Man, you know? So, good, man. All right, y'all take it easy. Take it easy. All right, peace. Peace. Later, Tim. All right, so we're going into our review, so we can actually expand our reviews to three books each, <laughs> because Tim Ooh. is not going to be here, but we do need to get the show moving along. Yeah. Okay, so where do you want to start? Because I, I was having some um, technical issues beforehand, and I didn't hear what you guys started wanted to start off with from last week. Um, well, since Tim's not here, we're okay. Just pick three from last week and three from this week. Right. Okay, but what do you want to start off with? Oh, well, <laughs> hold on. I already I, I, I crossed out my uh, my uh, my sheet, unfortunately. So just give me a moment, and I will pull mine up. Uh, like we we actually um, have some similarities in our picks. I mean, in our, in our stuff. All right, it's good. So, <clears throat> so actually, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw one out because I think we both read this uh, Avengers six ninety. Okay. Even though I'm barely remember what happened. Um, the end of No Surrenders, the rap. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I need to actually... Hang on a second, sorry. You want to go ahead and start talking about it? Well, sure, um, so this is the final issue of this volume of Avengers. Um, as, you know, this week we've already seen the, uh, the rebooting of the, uh, of the series. So, uh, as I was mentioning, this is the aftermath of the No Surrender storyline in which the, uh, um, the Avengers and uh, um, other factions including the Black Order, are uh, put into a game by the Grandmaster and the Challenger slash Grandmaster Prime. Um, <laughs> exactly. Grandmaster Prime. 
I had to come up with something because that sounds like such a rap name. Sure, um, sure. The, uh, uh, the, the teams are basically looking for their uh, future directions. You know, the, the characters are coming to establish their future directions in the aftermath of uh, No Surrender. So um, they're coming up with a way to rebuild the mansion. It's very, very classic Avengers stuff. Yeah. Uh, teams, the, the sub-teams, I guess, are disbanding. Um, you know, they're trying to figure out what's, what, where Voyager is going to go. Um, they're setting up parts of uh, future storylines and setting up uh, Avengers number one, which came out this week. So mm-hmm. there's lots of, um, uh, you know, setup. There's also some, uh, uh, some finality in the sense that we've, we, we get the, uh, the, the cup of coffee that you never thought you would see, which is between uh, Clint Barton and Bruce Banner talking about uh, everything that uh, was set up uh, by Bruce's plan to have uh, Clint uh, take him out with, uh, with an arrow, you know, right. an arrow. So all that being said, um, you know, I didn't expect to see that, but I thought that was a nice touch to put into this issue. Yeah, and speaking of that part, I was like, you know, they want to just keep calling back to Civil War II, and we don't need them to do that. But at the same time, it in this case, it kind of fit right. with that, because this was the part of that storyline that, you know, was slightly more compelling right. <clears throat> than, than the initial setup and whatnot, but they still keep calling towards. Um, but yeah, I, I I have in my notes, like, you would think... Ed, as many times as the mansion's been destroyed, they would throw some vibranium or something in it. Adamantium. Yeah, you know, just kind of, yeah, kind of, kind of make that a little bit more sturdier. But as as you said, it, it is more a classic, kind of more classic of interesting to happen. And most of the stuff that kind of happened in this issue was was definitely that. I'm really glad they didn't kill Jarvis like they originally planned to end with the story. Yeah. I'd have been slightly upset about that for some reason. And the part where he was going to leave, and then the the AI. The AI Jarvis, he meets that uh, apparently Nadia um, brings to him. He's like, "Oh nope, I am, I am I'm going nowhere." Yeah. <laughs> like that's not where the that's not where the T is. That's not the right T. Like, yeah, hey, Jarv, we I'm got. Like, I'm like, wow, that was a quick. <laughs> so, but that was you no, know, but that was good. Um, yeah. you know, uh, I don't know. If there's not much else to say. You know, it was well, a- not really like like you said. It was kind of kind of put things kind of back in the box as 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 it were so with the, as far as the Avengers concerned because you know those other two books or the other couple of books that they had was extraneous at most well i mean they did serve to establish other characters you know sure. Avengers. so um you know it's it's funny like uh um you know we'll talk about it you know i'll continue the conversation with this week's avengers book so yeah. um but uh in terms of the other books from last week is there let's see what else is there uh, Contamination? Yes. So I finally caught up and read the miniseries. I have not read all of the tie-ins. I haven't even read all the Doctor Strange tie-ins. Mm. But uh, I did read the Damnation miniseries itself and thought it was pretty good. Yes, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, this this uh, miniseries the whole way through. Even a couple of the tie-in issues, which I... I um, was it? Uh, Doctor Strange three to nine also came out. I believe or it was three to three to nine came out last week, which was basically a, a kind of, kind of a conclusion of the Damnation thing because it was a recap sort of mm-hmm. and kind of a going off into another thing. But it was still mostly about you know kind of what happened in Damnation. But going back to the Damnation itself, um, I thought it was a pretty good wrap up to like I said, what was genuinely a pretty good story. You know, the whole like it was all nice and neat to to a point. Right, the, the way it ended, it was like, okay, well, so we got we got people in a place, 
we got, you know, um, uh, Vegas back to its normal type of hell. I shouldn't say that because I've never been to Vegas, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just generally a, a good wrap up to a good story. And, you know, I want to say it also, it might have kind of um, set up something that, but then again, that could have also, that was probably already set up in the Doctor Strange book, you know, period, because now that I think about it, because a lot of stuff kind of got kind of got tossed out saying, hey, this is coming, this is coming, this is coming. So, yeah. Right, I got to step away for a second, so just give me a minute. You want to talk about some other books from this week, that's fine. Sure, I'll finish up by saying, hey, you know, Wong's plan was pretty good, and um, the, the whole that the whole thing was pretty interesting. I would love to see a little bit more kind of come out of that part with, with Wong, which we kind of see, uh, we kind of sort of see with, you know, Wong and, and Stephen kind of amending, making amends with each other, uh, whatnot. But that's that. Uh, I will go on, if that said, with... Um, I guess I'll do real quick Batman and the Signal number three. Because this is an, the end of this miniseries, which was only three. So the main thing I pretty much have to say about it is that um, I, I can't really say that this miniseries was necessarily needed, but it was enjoyable for what it was. Um, there was, as the title implies, there was a definite a good bit of Batman in not only just the three issues, but in this issue. Because you see the culmination of the Bat family kind of coming together to help Duke with his problems. But they're they're not necessarily in- integral, but they're kind of like basically crowd control and whatnot. So that was while Batman pretty much sets up Duke to go and handle the problem, which the problem ended up being a family squabble uh, in a sense that didn't necessarily get resolved. That sounds like it might come up in another place at some point. So we find out that um, the villain has a particular tie to Duke that um, <clears throat> almost in a loop to Vader type fashion you know, he didn't really want to uh, acknowledge, I guess, at first, but <clears throat> I think it's going to lead up to the fact that he, that somewhere along the lines is he's probably going to look into it. Uh, but there's also like a bomb or something that, that, that um, was going to go off and that got taken care of and seemingly set up a, a new dynamic with uh, Duke slash the signal and this one detective and almost a Detective Gordon slash Batman situation uh, looks like that's going to come out of this. Um, but overall, like I said, it was a pretty solid issue in the ending to the book. Uh, that while it says it came out of metal, granted, I did not read metal, but I don't see anywhere. Well, there were a couple of ties to metal that they kind of put in as far as some things that popped up. But I don't think this was like an, an all out. This is integral to the metal thing as it is suggested um, on the beginning of the book. So outside of that, if I think Batman and Signal um, as a three-issue miniseries in general was actually a pretty good read. If you liked, if you know about that character, where he came from with the We Are Robin stuff and whatnot, and it's a pretty decent uh, signal, and I, would, I mean, some book, and I would like to see more kind of come out of it kind of branching a little bit more of the week, you know, I, I assume he's just going to be integrated into the bat books and probably end up like bat wing or something. I don't know. Um, and since I still have the floor, I can just pop out a couple of other books. No one can stop me. Yeah. Uh, Trinity number 22. I guess I'll go ahead and, and, and put this one out there from last week. 
so this is pretty much the end of the uh, Trinity find uh, going to find Steve Trevor because he had been supposed he had been kidnapped by an an enemy called Demos who was an enemy of uh, the Warlord. If you know that character, this was a character from a from a classic DC or whatever um, that I don't know that much about. But nevertheless, Demos had this grand plan. He kidnapped Steve Trevor, turned him into this Hulk-like being, and put him up against the uh, the Trinity while uh, enacting his bigger plan is to try to get some magical items from um, from Skataris, which was the land that the Trinity was in prior to coming into this uh, into this issue. Um, I'm trying to remember what else happened in that was just last week. Uh, but yeah, as the, the, the of course, as the, the Trinity is fighting, Batman's piecing everything together and, you know, figures out what's been going on and enacts a plan that pretty much um, saves or ends up saving the day and Demos gets captured and and everything's taken care of. And um, it was just like uh, Ark's previous in Trinity. It kind of wraps up fairly decently. I thought, I think there was, there may have been one note that might bring up, in a, that might come back up into another chapter or another arc coming up soon. I can't remember because, again, I read this last week. So, but again, Trinity stays to be, to me, a solid book with some pretty good action and great art. Um, it hasn't suffered from changing of artists, and which I'm not mistaken, it's James Robson doing this book, which is I'm kind of a fan of with his writing. Um, I should go back and check that actually. But, uh, but like I said, this book kind of has stayed solid the whole course of the book, and it still continues. It's not like the book's ending, but um, I'm very glad to see that the writing and the art has stayed solid and consistent with this book um, going, going forward. And heck, since he's not back yet, I can do my other two books from last weekend and go into the other ones. Um, so, folks, this is kind of rapid fire because we are slightly running, fun, running long since uh, we talked Infinity War to death. So, when Agent 70 comes back, I'm just going to let that be the case after I inform him of this. But Titans 22, uh, let's see, which I'm slightly upset because there was an annual came out that's like um, an addendum to this that I did not get to read. But so the brain and Mala, if you if you like me who know those characters from Young Justice, you know who those characters are. One's a metallic brain and a shell and the other's a big talking gorilla, not in a beret, not too far from um, Gorilla God, Gorilla God, with the exception of a beret. So boom, there you go. Uh, they have this plan. Uh, Marvel's kind of worried about the brain because he's up in his brain capacity and slowly losing himself in the process. And um, Marvel's kind of worried about this, but in uh, the overall action, the brain has been taking control of the weather, and he's also has to plan to get rid of the Justice League, who kind of shows up here, or at least various parts of the Justice League who's popped up here, because you still have Donna Troy, who's kind of been a prisoner in the Watchtower, um, and you also have, on the other side of this, Roy Harper, who's kind of been stumbling onto this plot of Random Mollis, but he doesn't still know yet that they're they're involved, That but he figures out, hey, there's this big thing going on, and nobody's really paying attention to him, including Batman and the Justice League, but during the course of this issue, the Justice League get intact because of the because the weather's been going crazy and they've been taking care of it. And um, the only two people that pretty much uh, either know anything about it or in a place to do anything about it 
is Donna Troy, who escaped from the, the Watchtower, and Roy Hopper, who at the beginning of this issue is getting his uh, behind whipped until Donna Troy comes and saves them, and then they go off to try to um, rectify the situation while the Justice League is, is handling other stuff. We, we don't see much, if not all, of the rest of the Titans. So, but it is what it is on that one. <clears throat> and I guess my last book from last week, actually, well, I read, uh, I did read the Doctor Strange book, but we kind of mentioned it earlier, and I should probably put that in there as such. Um, we did bring that up. But uh, that's one from last week for me is uh, Teen Titans number 19. Uh, so the team fights a brainwashed, a bunch of brainwashed kids and a brainwashed Beast Boy who at this, it was some sort of rally because of this big VR thing that these kids came across. But the, but the VR thing turns out to be some sort of mind control and the Teen Titans kind of get wind of this on another direction. And Beast Boy, who ends up uh, being controlled by the founder of it, gets kind of enthralled by the, the founder of this technology and gets brainwashed because of it. So he up, ends up fighting the team, and um, along with a bunch of other brainwashed kids. Which, you know, that happens, but in this, um, in this issue, that pretty much gets taken care of um, <clears throat> by Robin coming up with a plan to actually use the technology against the person whose name is escaping me um, against them in order to catch them. And there was also another part of the, the story where Raven and uh, Wally West Flash, or Kid Flash, I guess, as you want to call them, get a little close, which seemed kind of be kind of weird to do at this particular time because like, they're in the middle of fighting stuff and trying to enact a plan on how to... Um, <clears throat> how to deal with these brainwashed kids without hurting them and also, you know, fight them off. And they end up having that close moment, which was kind of cute, but also like that's, this is a weird time to do this. You've got things to do, but nevertheless, that is that. And Agent 70 is back. I'm uh, back so, for stepping away. No problem. So I'm just going to tell you that I ran through a few different books. I actually ran through all of my books from last week. Okay. And I was going to say that we I mean, granted, we're already there, but we may want to turn this into rapid fire. Sure. Because of the lateness of the time. Not a problem. So um, let's see what you covered for last week, just to take a look at your... Everything. All of that. Uh, except for Thor. Right. Okay. I just want to cover, right, I just want to cover sure, things that you didn't cover for last week. So um, you didn't do Thor, right? Mighty Thor 7. No. I hadn't read it. A potential click of the week for me It's the death of the Mighty Thor, which does not play out the way you think it will. You know, it's not spoiling anything because we know that Jane Foster's run as the Mighty Thor was coming to an end because of the, you know, uh, because of various things going on and, and, and what's happened in this week's issues. Um, and I'm going to say boo for part of that, but anyway. So uh, the story is actually a powerful testament to the real life battles fought every second of every day by cancer patients um, in the real world. So I give Aaron a lot of credit for giving Jane a chance to keep on keeping on. So... Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a spoiler for how this story plays out. Which, which I, before you go on, because I want to ask a question, because I don't know if you remember or not, but she shows up, like, well, both Thor and Jane Foster show up in Damnation. Right, right. So, you know, in terms of, like, uh, Marvel timing, you know, the, like, what happens when it's kind of tough to figure. Hmm. But, um, you know, it's, you know, what are you going to do? Sure. Okay. 
I almost forgot to uh, spin it up. Yeah. You got to spin up the Vulcan. So uh, to continue with the rapid fire, Spider-Gwen number 31, the end game of the story by Jason Latour and Robert Rodriguez is now here. And it, is, go. and it is starting with Gwen speaking to none other than one J. Jonah Jameson in this Earth uh, 65. Um, did you do uh, Hunt for Wolverine? No. Hunt for Wolverine. Well, I thought Wolverine was better off in the adamantium tomb that he was in at the <laughs> death of Wolverine. But what do I know? So basically the whole story spins off of the fact that, uh, spoiler alert, Wolverine is no longer encased in that tomb of adamantium and everything goes from there. So once you know that, um, the story kind of follows with some form, with some amount of logic. Um, Invincible Iron Man 599, you do that? Nope. All right. So honestly, I'm tired of this adopted parent stuff that Bendis, and it's frustrating for me to read it. So I'm waiting for it to end and to see if Bendis makes it stick or see if Tony Stark Iron Man follows up on it and keeps it a canon. I was going to say he's no longer there, so it doesn't even matter. Right. But in terms of, but you know, like sometimes they keep, you know, some, some writers respect, uh, you know, what came before. Some of them just like, nah, that sucked. I'm changing it. Sure. Wait, what is the last issue of this? Because I know his last issue of Miles Morales is already. Yeah, is this was this or is this uh, six hundred one? I think it's six hundred or six hundred one. Okay. So, all right. So that is last week. So now we get to this week. Rapid this fire. Mm-hmm. All right. You want me to just run through mine? Do it. All right. Batman forty six. If I could reach into this book and punch Bo- Booster Gold in the face, I would. We actually see the uh, in universe version of uh, inver- the in universe uh, in canon creation of the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman costume from Batman Returns. Returns. Right, yeah. so you know it's it, that it's interesting for that, but I still I, I I honestly just want to punch Booster Gold in the face. Yeah, um, fair. Captain America seven hundred one. I don't think you read that. So I mean, I haven't done any books from this week. I should point out, but okay, yeah. So I'm running. I'm, I'm just comparing what you did, so I don't yeah. I don't cover the same ones. Mm-hmm. Have force. I won't talk Avengers one just yet. So I'll just cover uh, Captain America seven hundred one. This it's a story about the future generations of uh, the United States and Captain America with an insidious twist on the feature of Captain America's super soldier serum-infused body. Um, Infinity Countdown number three. It's all sorts of fun. It's a potential click of the week. Um, this cosmic stuff that they're doing, that Duggan is doing coming straight out of the, his, ro- his run on the Guardians is pretty fun. Lots of, uh, you know, lots of tie-ins to the previous stuff. Um, Spider-Man number 240. Now, this is the final Bendis issue of... Um, of uh, Spider-Man with Miles. So we don't know what's going to happen after this. I don't think it's been solicited for the next month or two. So uh, this story actually is supposed to echo Bendis' near-death experience with a MRSA infection. I was actually kind of left disappointed, to be honest. Right? I kind of thought that um, the, the finale that uh, Aaron and Dowderman did on Thor was so much more earned than this. But, uh, you know, obviously, you know, they're, they're not trying to give... Uh, well, they, they are sort of giving Miles a near-death experience that mirrors uh, Bendis's. But, you know, ultimately, I, I wasn't... Uh, you know, I, I was left disappointed. That's the best way to put it. X-Men Gold number 27. So, our own Tim Dog 98 was right when he posited in one of his articles that uh, the legacy virus would rear its ugly head in this uh, upcoming story arc, which is um, focused upon Colossus and his history as the carrier of the cure to the legacy virus, which was a 90s thing and in an early aughts thing um, in the X-Books, which was a virus that targeted mutants and, um, and uh, gave them fatal infections. So, uh, 
you know, this is uh, an interesting reintroduction of that uh, concept. And um, Roddy Cat is going to bring up the, the, the only book that we have in common this week, which is Avengers number one. I was going to ask you before I had to get to that. Did you read Exiles number two last week? I did not. Okay. I'll have to get to it. <laughs> yeah, I won't bring it up. So, yes, Avengers number one. We have a new team, but an old team. We have um, a new plot, but an old plot. We have what reminds me of Avengers Prime in this book, if you remember that book. I do, but I would say yes and no because Avengers Prime literally was just the three. True. They didn't, they didn't even show anybody else that might be part of a, you know, like a, an expanded or like a normal Avengers roster. Agreed, but you can also agree that the majority of this book was pretty much... I mean, yeah, they did show other people doing other things, but you, it's kind of started off as like, dang, they, they totally brought back up um, Avengers Prime in this. But you know what's funny is that I think they needed to because the three characters that we see as like the, the triumvirate, the big three, you know, shout out to This Is Us, right? Um, sure. You know, the, the characters that we see as the big three of the Avengers, they've been in such disparate, hard scrabble, you know, stories that have, really, you know, changed up their, their, their personal lives. I mean, this is even more so than, you know, where they've been when they've reformed the Avengers in previous runs, that they kind of needed to do that and kind of not hit reset, but at least bring them all onto the same page. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I, I see, I see points in that, but I'm like, well, if they're talking about getting the band back because of where's Wasp? I'm, I'm, I'm joking about that. I'm not. I'm not serious about that one at all. Right. But um, but yeah, there was it was it was interesting uh for that point. But also, I don't know if you noticed or not, the probably million times they mentioned a million BC or a million mm-hmm. in, during the course of the story. I'm like, really? Are you are you are you really going to keep doing this? And the one kind of boo for me was like one. Even though I did not read much of uh, Jane Foster Thor. I kind of wish that Thor was here in, in place of this one. Mm. Because I felt like the characterization of this one here seems like Hemsworth. Like, I literally read that in Hemsworth's voice, his, the, the story in Hemsworth's voice. Mm-hmm. And and Tony Stark, I kind of read in... Downey's? In Downey's voice. And that kind of was like, uh Like, I mean, Thor's on the part of the side. I was like, ah, come on, don't do this. Don't do this. Um, but I just missed James also because I thought she was a much better sword than, than Odin of recently, of you know, of recent yeah, exactly. Times. It's all it's all in the characterization and how they're portraying them because I think that um, I think that Aaron has is, is just in another part of his long game with Thor. Sure. So you know, he the character has gone through all sorts of hoops. Yeah, so he's taken over um, writing the character. So you know, now that he's on this um, this run of Avengers too, it's all part of that that character's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so just you know, just to, to wrap up on this. Um, we're dealing with uh, dark celestials who are basically dropping bodies of regular celestials. Which I could have sworn all of the celestials were dead already, except for like two. Because I could have sworn this came up in like, because one, at the beginning of the Civil War two, there was a celestial that they was like, hey, hey, you listen, you find this. And then I can't remember what story, it might have been Ultimates or somebody, some someplace. But there was a bunch of celestials that got killed. Like they literally said, hey, celestials are dead with the exception of two that got swept off into this other dimension. Yeah, but I can't remember where that came from. Honestly, don't remember. It might have been Silver Surfer. It might have been something. But I do remember it was something cosmic-based. And I was like, Celestials are dead. Like, I just thought it was, um, you know, I thought, you know, like they wanted to go in like a completely opposite direction of like the Hickman reboot of the Avengers. Where right. it was Avengers World and it was just like this gigantic like army. Sure. Know? And I like that. 
I actually like I like the fact that they were like, you know what, you're good enough. We don't have room on like the OG Avengers roster, but you're going to be an Avenger and be on this team. Mm-hmm. You know? But because they needed, but like part of Hickman's story was so so uh, broad and, and and spread out, they needed to have that kind of um, what you call it uh, roster available. Mm-hmm. I found it interesting that they going with eight as opposed to the classic seven, which, I mean, granted, the, the Avengers have gone, you know, has, the, the teams have fluctuated, but I thought that was a, that was something notable. Right. Um, the fact that it's a bigger team right. is power-wise, like, sometimes that happens, sometimes it don't in classic Avengers. Um, they they seem to have slid T Steve's timeline again. Yeah, they have. Um, and I think uh, Tim did an article on that, which I didn't come, to, come across that later. It was like, well, he, he agrees with me on that one. Oh no! Uh, because they because they're talking about you know yeah. your specific uh, points in time and what's 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 tough to comprehend and, and it kind of reflects how old we are. Is that he was thawed post nine eleven, which is right. amazing to me now. Yeah. So, but outside of that, to kind of to kind of wrap this out, it was good to see an old Quinjet again because um, <laughs> you, you know they've been using the the, the newer. MCU versions and whatnot. So There's little things kind of picked out. Uh, obviously, they, there's a um, a little piece from Aaron's Doctor Strange run that got uh, put into this. I was like, okay, that makes sense as to why he would be around at the very least, you know, mm-hmm. at the start of this. And that part with him and to, uh, him and T'Challa was, I kind of would like to see them in a book together. Weirdly enough, and we also find and and we also get something that's been reoccurring lately, which I guess will, is going to be a current thing. Well, we know it's going to be a current thing, and that is the 1 million BC Avengers, mm-hmm. which starts off the story. Right. And something about mutants being around that long, because they even say during that part, it was like, well, we're a bunch of gods and monsters and mutants. Right. So which means mutants have been around longer than we, than we originally thought. Right. And I believe there's an article about that. Oh, I hate to say this, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, but you, but you know what I thought, uh, like from reading in this, I was like, because you, there was a, so there was a part, and the so the million BC we'll, we'll, we'll be getting is that at some point, and we don't have to go through another. But as a mishmash team of like Odin and Phoenix, and there's a Ghost Rider, uh, Doctor A Doctor, well, there's Agamotto, there's a Black Panther, there's an Iron Fist, uh, and there is a Star Brand, which is like the Hulk, basically mm-hmm. with the star brand, but it's a, a, a caveman with the star brand. So I was like, well, that's interesting. Like, wow, they're still using that for from the uh, new, new universe. That's beautiful. That's that's adorable. I like that. Where's Side Force? Anyway, so, and they talk about, they, during the course of, you know, those sections, they're talking about all of that. And um, I, it, my point was, even through all of that, I was like, Odin pretty much had this mead or whatever that he was drinking, and he gave it to the caveman that was around. So I was thinking, wait, so from them drinking and arguing over that, is that where we get mutants from? But they had already established at the, at the time that it was like gods and mutants, so there wasn't that. And I was like, because I was thinking of that when I read it, and then I reread it again. I'm like, oh, okay, that's not that. Because I thought they were going to say, I was like, wait, Odin made, Odin made mutants from his, <laughs> from his beer, basically. I'm like, that's, that'd be pretty funny, but that'd be I pretty good. I that it might be the host of the Phoenix. Yeah, I wasn't really sure about, yeah, I guess that would make sense, but this is for Phoenix is a celestial being, so I can't. I don't. It's got to have a host. It's got like a, I, I agree. Right. Yeah, so I, that's. I think what's being implied, and I read this. It's not my original thought. What's implied, mm-hmm. I think, is that it has a thing for red-headed mutants. So, <laughs> you know. I mean, fair. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's been a, that's been a thing for forever, though. Um, 
So you're right about that. And also speaking of things for redheaded mutants, damn Thor's. I mean, uh, Odin was thirsty. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, so is uh, Frigga around? Has he had? I know, right? All those things. He hasn't had it, he, but he but he hasn't uh, had his thing with Gaia that produces Thor yet. So right, you know. I was like, wow, he's really going hard at the things for us. I'm like, man. Which has come up before in, I think, Legacy or whatever. Like, but still, it's still kind of weird to see. Yep. So, But that being said, I think this pretty much wraps up our, our thoughts on Avengers 1. I, I'll see. I'm obviously going to see what's going on, you know, with this. You know, I trust Aaron to a point, but he has written Avengers before, and there was a point that I, I, I was like, yeah, I'm not. I'm scared. I don't want this. All righty. So uh, take care of the other books you got this week. Sure. Star Trek Next Generation Through the Mirror. Hey, folks, they did another Mirror Universe Next Generation um, uh, miniseries. So this one's basically, um, as I have in my notes, it's almost as if they did that first one to kind of do this one, but realistically, there's... I mean, that was probably going to happen anyway. So The short story is Worf and and his two red shirts uh, go on go to inspect this supply depot that apparently showed up in another crossover that I did not read of, between Star Trek and Doctor Who, I guess. But they're back there again. Some other things, they're, 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 the supply folks are missing some supplies that are getting stolen, and apparently it is getting stolen by Mirror Universe um, competitors as they end up finding out, and one of the red shirts gets it, so there you go. Star Wars, Star Trek, in a nutshell. Uh, which, and also, we also see in a, in a backup story what led up to this Starting happening from the uh, Mirror Universe side, so this could be cool. We'll see how we'll see how it goes because next generation Mirror Universe stuff we never really got much of uh, at all. So, or actually at all, as I said, we were talking about the other Mirror Universe uh, comic series that happened like last year or whatever. So, I'm looking forward to see how this plays out. Deathstroke number thirty-one. Um, I haven't I haven't read buying Deathstroke, but I haven't been reading it. Uh, so this is Batman. Uh, District versus Batman. So as the last issue in issue 30, apparently Alfred and um, and um, District's handler huh? Wintergreen. Wintergreen, they met each other over at a pub over football, of course. And apparently they've been they've been friends ever since. And they it looks like they have concocted this plan to save their their both their uh, charges. Um, that may or may not include Damien's paternity, something with Jason Todd and Jericho, because you see Jason Todd kind of showing up in flashbacks for some reason, mm-hmm. talking to the camera, and you also see Jericho doing the same thing. But then there's like, hey, I found these papers that looks like the the basically Batman finds his papers from Gordon that that um that may suggest that Deathstroke is Damien's dad, and he wants to come get to the bottom of it. So he's like. Look, until we get to the bottom of this, Deathstroke is shut down. So anything you try to do, I'm coming after you. And he does exactly that in this issue, because as Deathstroke tries to go on a mission, Batman interferes, and they try to talk it out. Because they even said last week, he was like, look, we don't know where this is going to go. You, this might not end well, so you know, you might not want to do this. Uh, and we get a not-so-surprise uh, um, cameo by one Talia Al Ghul. If, if Anything I said before that was not going to suggest otherwise. So we'll see how, where this goes and how long this goes and what happens out of this. But yeah, I thought it was interesting. And you don't really have to have prior knowledge of the previous run, the uh, previous of uh, Deathstroke, at least as far as I know. Just the, this book in the last issue, okay. you don't need. Uh, and my last book, uh, Rise of the Black Panther, number five. 
So there's seemingly some still some movie tie-ins that this that the, this book keeps coming up with, which is not a bad thing, mind you. But this is the thing. So this book, uh, if you didn't remember from earlier me talking about it in previous episodes, this is pretty much the early days of T'Challa's reign as Black Panther, uh, the beginning, and he's going through some stuff that, again, some of it slightly mirrors the movie up until the point that um, at the end of this issue, one Killmonger shows up. Uh, but there are some things that kind of mirror the the movie, which by the well, yeah. So, and I will say that. So, but in this issue, particularly, um, Tatala's trying to handle some stuff with um, the secret police of his because there's stuff that's been going on before his reign that he didn't know about, and he found out about, it and now he goes to take care of it, um, which leads to something else that happens with um, which again could potentially lead into some potential movie tie ends. There's also a meeting. It looks like his first meeting with one uh, Luke Charles. I mean, excuse me, excuse me. The first time he uses Luke Charles as an alias, but in that meeting, he meets up with one Carl Lucas, which uh, people will know as uh, Luke Cage, which I find it funny that it's like, hmm, I like, he says something like, I like the name Luke. So it's kind of suggesting that he got his name from Luke from T'Challa. And there's also a meeting uh, with a goddess era storm who just really got. As, as it points out, just gotten her quote unquote mantle of that, and they go off and kind of do a mission together um, and have a nice little touching moment at the same time. Because, like I said, this is the early days of both of them. So, this was a pretty cool read, but again, like I said, there was a, a good bit of um, seemingly movie tie ins and actually some ties to a future quote unquote present um, storyline going on and that will be going on in the next run of Black Panther when that starts. Okay. And, and that is it for me. All right. So it's time for Clicks of the Week. Last week first is for, actually, oh, well, for Tim, we can say it was Hunt for October. Oh, Hunt for October. Hunt for, <laughs> Hunt for October. Great movie. Not, not the book. Uh, Hunt for Wolverine number one was his from last week. All right. And for myself, mine is Thor, Mighty Thor 706. And... For me, seven six. I'm writing this down. This is not easy to do. Um, from last week, I'm guessing I'm going to go with uh, Damnation, star number four. Okay. Yeah. And for this week, Tim's click of the week is DC Nation number zero, the Justice League story part. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, and we and it's worth noting that we hadn't we don't have anything from Dirt uh, from last week or this week because I think he said he didn't read any books this week and keep busy. Um. I'll for tell you mine for this week is Infinity Countdown number three. Okay. Um, <clears throat> sorry. It's okay. I don't know what mine is. So I'm going to go with, um, I guess, I don't know, Deathstroke number 31. Let's switch it up a little bit because nice. yeah, there was actually a couple of good, a few good books from this week. Um, so, yeah. That being that, we're done. Alrighty, so we're going to transition into the news. And forgive us if we rapid fire this to the extreme because uh, we are running on the long side tonight. And we also have two weeks worth of, of, of stuff. So, yeah. right, so we're going to go on the quick side. Scroll, scroll, scroll. <laughs> scroll, scroll, scroll. Scroll, scroll, scroll. No, no, where are the scrolls? No, no scrolls. <laughs> scroll. Alrighty. So, uh, 
let's start. Venom movie, the first look at Tom Hardy in the symbiote. This was in the uh, the theaters as well, ahead of uh, Infinity War for me. Yes. Uh, no, not for me. You didn't get it? Okay. Mm-mm. Or wait, I'm, I, I don't remember if I did. If I did, whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter. But it looked, because I think it's, uh, I did see the video, and it looks pretty good, actually, weirdly, uh, with, the, with the symbiote part. rest of it, I don't know. Yeah, it kind of looks like uh, a, a relatively low budget, like '90s action movie. Kinda. So, so cool. We, we shall see. Yeah, we shall see. If you hadn't watched it, go check it out. Um, Daniel Kaluuya and Denai Guerrero have a sexy fight in this Black Panther deleted scenes. Worth noting that uh, Black Panther is coming out on DVD and Blu-ray. This no digital drops very quickly. The DVD Blu-ray drops in a couple of weeks. Right. I think it's next week actually. I want to say they say the fourth of the the, the, the Blu ray is coming out. Anyway, regardless, it's going to be soon. Digital, no, digital, that's digital drops this week. Oh, okay. Um, the actual so, physical copies go out in a couple of weeks. Sure. So, regardless, it's going to be soon. And, uh, and if, like, like the seven said, for digital's already out, or it's about to be out, I think, tomorrow. Um, so, there's, that being said, there's a couple of uh, deleted scenes. We don't have to really go into that. But, yes, there's a couple of deleted scenes that they've been putting out for that. Um, but speaking of. Uh, Black Panther stuff. Tom Hiddleston is a big fan of Black Panther's villain, Killmonger. Uh, I guess he was in, uh, in a... They were talking to Tom Hiddleston, I guess, probably about Infinity War, and he mentions that. So, cool. So, and also, huh? Speaking of Tom Hiddleston. I know, right? Exactly. Galactus. <laughs> possibly in the same interview. I can't remember if that was the case or not, because some of this is news from last week. Uh, Tom Hiddleston wants to play Galactus, or maybe Captain Britain, which... My first thought was like, he might be a little too old for, for Captain Brenda, but at the same time, I'm like, no, nah, he still looks pretty good. And, 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 you know. It all depends on how they want to portray Captain Basically. Brenda. Like, if they want to have him like the buff Brian Black, <clears throat> or they want to have him with like the, uh, the kind of skinnier, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, kind of Union Jack style. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. Oh. And, I thought, and once I thought about that, I was like, yeah, you know, there's nothing off the table on that one. So, doesn't mean it's necessarily going to happen, but he does kind of want it. And him playing Galactus, I'm like, sure, whatever. Listen, CGI is a wonderful thing. You know? Like, look at Thanos. Um, next up, speaking yeah, so of money. Infinity War, hey, it made a whole lot of money. Lots uh, of money. It's raking in the dough, boy. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Uh, so, yeah, from the 30 box office, it was like, I think I heard a figure of $39 million, And according to this from the, uh, from the site, it says, stop. Um, forty-five million. So yeah, made a lot of money the first night and first weekend, and yeah, it, it pushed past a couple of movies. Yeah. Um. So now some news that not necessarily news, which I thought still, but it's still funny to bring up. Mark Ruffalo spoiled Infinity Wars ending in twenty seventeen, and nobody noticed. So I when when this article came up, like I remember that uh that I remember that video because it was him and Don Cheadle talking, and he said something, uh, and Don Cheadle was like, <laughs> and and. Ruffalo, not necessarily broke down. But he was like, "Oh shit," you know. Mm-hmm. So apparently, he, you know, why this comes up now, it kind of really doesn't matter because the movie's out. But at the same time, obviously, it's something that's going to be a, a you know, it's going to make the news cycles um, because it was a thing. So mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Feige amusingly responds to James Cameron's superhero criticisms. James Cameron came out of his mouth, said something about um, superhero movie overload, something like that. Meanwhile, he's trying to make two or three other Avatar movies no one ever asked for. So he just thought himself too froggy, so, so froggy to, that people care about his comments and probably still mad because Avatar got taken over by one of, the, one of these Marvel movies. So, yeah, whatever, dude. Um, granted, that's, 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 that's me editorializing. It still, still counts. Um, 
very yes. quickly, I just wanted to update and uh, let the good folks at home know that Black Panther is out on digital on May 8th. And on okay. the 15th is when the physical copies become available. Thank you very much for that. Um, which still seems kind of soon. <laughs> it seems kind of soon, but I get it. Yeah, five days from now, you know, we're recording this on the 3rd. So five days from now, you're going to be able to get a digital copy of Black Panther. And then soon, a week after that, basically, you'll be able right. to Blu-ray. So. Which, if you think about it, it's usually, it's usually on a four to six month cycle, and it's up in two. But I get it. Like I said, get that money. <laughs> Just um, in, man. All right. So, what the, uh, we up to? Marvel Studios chief sees immediate potential, quote unquote, for Nova. Hey, this we we were just talking about this. We're, we're talking about this. So, yeah, those those articles suggesting that yeah, they could bring Nova in, uh, possibly Richard Ryder version of Nova in for Phase Four of the MCU. Sure, or Sam, one or two. And in the wake of the of the abject failure of the Inhumans, Marvel is looking at the rest of their IP. <laughs> And uh, now there's a word that Eternals is being developed, is in, is in early development over at Marvel Studios. Uh, which I think somebody speculated a while back. I'm like, okay, good, but actually, who cares? Um, actually, whatever. Listen, they, have to, they have to explore. You can't blame them for exploring. I, I agree, but they don't even use Eternals in the comics that much right. anymore, which granted, I guess if they're going to do that, they will, but... No, no one's seen or heard hide nor hair of them in like 20 years. Uh, report new Black Widow solo movie details surface. So, yeah, there's sound like they got a screenwriter. Uh, Jack Schaefer from the Blacklist is probably going to pen the Black Widow movie. And yeah, this is still like in the rumor phase, as, to, as I said, with report. Right. And there's, and, and there's uh, more <clears throat> you may actually have later on in the news about how many directors they've already uh, approached about uh, how they would uh, direct the direction they would go in on a Black Window, Widow movie. Uh, yeah, I think I mentioned something about that here, but I don't, I'm pretty sure I don't have anything later on about that. Right. Yeah. Like, apparently the rumored number is like at least 65 directors. I'm like, they have 65 directors willing to do a Black Widow movie? Okay. I know, right? Actually, I only heard like four or five, but you know, well, yeah, or at least... the short list, but they've right. approached 65 of them, so... Yeah, I don't want to see it. Um, Captain Marvel, one of the most unique and inspiring origin stories, according to Feige. Sure, kid. Um, So, yeah, we got Captain Marvel coming up. I was going to say, we actually haven't seen an origin story for a female female hero in the Marvel Universe, so that's probably what he's getting at. I am hoping that's what he's getting at. I mean, that's the only good other good way to take it, but Mm -hmm. if they had went ahead with the Black Widow movie earlier, that wouldn't be an issue. Anyway, uh, report Zazie Beats Domino to appear in the X Force uh, film, which sounds like in duh, <laughs> in the duh category, because it sounds like everything's moving towards uh, X Force, the movie. All right. Uh, let's see. So Sony. at CinemaCon, right? At CinemaCon, we have um, uh, the uh, news on the Spider Verse uh, animated movie where uh, Miles Morales is featured and the ultimate version of the Green Goblin, the Kingpin, and the Prowler are featured as villains. Hmm. And it sounds like in the court looks like the picture he's in Spider Gwen's hood. Pretty interesting. That would be funny. Um, Marvel Studios has plans for Moonlight. Now we think we've talked something about. Well, we we kind of talked something about this, like because um, I think there was some. I think um, which might not have anything to do with this. So yeah, they have they have plans for Moonlight apparently, and I think we speculated speculated because there was an article about uh, about, about Keanu Reeves maybe attached to doing something with Marvel. And people were like, well, maybe Moon Knight. We're not suggesting that that's it, right. but you know, it's a, those things are out there. 
Um, new DuckTales promo reveals Tailspin character of appearance. One Don Carnage from Tailspin apparently is going to, or if it hasn't already, is going to show up on Tales, the new DuckTales. All right. Which possibly could lead to a new Tailspin. Spit it! Um, ah, all right. Anyway. So, Ninja, okay. Ninja uh, anime was released on April 24th and is mm-hmm. apparently worth watching. I haven't watched it yet, but I I'm hearing good things about it. So, Cobain's. I look forward to doing that at some point. James Wan's Aquaman debuts, speaking of CinemaCon, uh, new footage at said conference or convention. All right. Uh, uh, Patty Jenkins has apparently confirmed that One Woman 2 will be set in the 1980s. Which I figure we, uh, we, uh, we kind of. Exactly. Yeah. So, but there you go. Confirmation. Um, Also, from that front, uh, she also said that Diana will be at the height of her powers in Wonder Woman two. And I believe was this other one. No, that's it. Okay. Good to know. Alrighty. Uh, Speaking of uh, Plastic Man, no one was speaking. No one's doing that. (laughs) Uh, Parks and Rec's Ben Schwartz wants to play Plastic Man. Good for you. Yeah. Everyone's got a favorite character. No power to it. Oh, I forgot. There's a couple on the other page. So, remind me before. Yeah, no, no problem. Uh, new line, blah, blah, new live action spot thing TV show coming in 2019. Right, not and, for new line cinema. That's what Roddy. Yeah, I know. That's what I was trying to trying to back up on. So, uh, and with that, we also know the name of this DC streaming service, uh, an app that's uh, that that's the Swamp Thing and Young Justice season three and a few other things are going to be on, and that name is. DC Universe. Wait, I'm going to put a hold on Rapid Fire to pull up the correct uh, sound effect. <laughs> or... So, yeah, it is what it is. DC Titans, let's, let's bring up the price already, because I'm guaranteed it's probably too much for too little. Regardless, uh, Titans is going to be there, Young Justice Season 3, and that Harley Quinn um, animated series is also going to be on there, along with that Swamp Thing thing. Which, apparently, that Swamp Thing, uh, actually, we neglected to mention, uh, James Wan is attached to. All right. So, there you go. Um, walking... Go uh, they, uh, the Walking Dead and Fringe director Seth Scythe-Man will sure. bring uh, Black to the big screen. That is the, uh, uh, the series published by uh, Black Mask. Uh, publishing, which was uh, first um, promoted via Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and uh, this series has gotten a movie deal. Yes, I believe uh, both Tim and I both kickstarted that. Not that we needed that much kind of disclosure at this point, but yeah. So this ought to be interesting to see. And now we're on to the next page. And now we are on to the next page, which is um... oh right. The first footage from the Unbreakable sequel, Glass, includes a supervillain team-up. So we all know that uh, Unbreakable was getting a sequel and uh, that, it, that, that it and... Uh, what was that? Wait. What was that last M. Night movie? Regardless, there's, there's a, there's a team-up between the villains of Unbreakable and the whoever... Split. Thank you. The, the villains of uh, that movie, which I haven't seen because that's all in the same universe. So good on them for that, I guess. Uh... So, all oh, welcome to the Resistance. There's a Star Wars Resistance anime-inspired series set to debut this fall. Yeah, still Dave Filoni doing doing his doing his good work, and unfortunately, I, I wouldn't say Rebels had to die for this, but that's that's I hate saying that because that's stupid. I'm sure Rebels Rebels ran its course, um, probably. But yeah, looking forward to this because, like I said, it seems like some of the same crew from from Rebels and Clone Wars, and those were good. 
Um, John Wick 3 synopsis, which I comes from speaking of Keanu. Uh, synopsis since the assassin on the run. Okay. Sure. I need to rewatch those movies again. Um, Watchmen series on HBO is not going to be a direct adaptation. You know what? This is what okay. I got for that too. Pretty much. And last but not least in cinematic, uh, Spawn Roll. This just came out like to yesterday. Uh, Spawn Roll offered to Jamie Foxx, says some report. Okay. Uh, okay, sure. I mean, it's, you know, like, has anyone cared about Spawn over the last, like, 10 years? So, uh, or 20. I was actually probably 20, 30. I don't know. Uh, and they are doing those three. Like, he is getting, Spawn is getting, like, like, three or five new series coming out. So, apparently, some that there is some renewed interest by the creator, at, at the very least. Okay. <laughs> All righty. So. so, now we are on to comic book news. We so. are. So the first story under comic book news is Universal FanCon postponed due to financial deficit. Organizers reportedly working to refund ticket holders. No, they are not. Here we go. So actually, there may be some truth to that, actually. Um, or at least, so so this has been a big thing within the past week. If you've been on Twitter, you you can't help but run a file or run, run across this. There, there was a big kerfuffle with the behind-the-scenes running of Universal Fine Con, including some big names, well, some quote-unquote internet notable, I'm not going to say big names, but in the geek space, and which is where I should have been last week, but that didn't happen, and there was, yeah, people, some, some people took some money, da-da-da-da-da. People were mad, Obviously, and of course, for, for this, and uh, a couple of uh, cons rose up behind uh, around this, in, in you know, in lieu of all this happening, and sound like that went, those things kind of went off. Uh, but um, for this story, it sounds like that's partially true that organizers are reporting, like, as of like, granted, this is a few days old because, and I'm only saying that anecdotally because while I did not have a ticket, and that while I was supposed to be going, uh, I was going as press and didn't get a ticket. Um, I did get money back because I bought like a lanyard and they think they, from what I'm from hearing from reports, some people are, did actually hear back that said that, 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 um, that they actually told some people that they were, were, were um, that the thing was postponed. What's also a weird thing is that there's some, still some stuff that happened last week that they forgot to take care of because their uh, scheduling system for that should have been taken down and some other things that suggested it was still going on, was still kind of floating around, that was especially in Baltimore, that but never got taken care of. So, But yeah, anecdotally, I have heard reports of some people getting getting refunds. Uh, so yeah, that, that whole mess is a big, big mess, and you've already seen it. We don't need to go over all of that, but I feel bad for people who, you know, for creators, one time, because we kind of talked to this behind the scenes right when it, when it went down, uh, the creators and p- people that spent their time and money Hell, even I lost money on the, on trying to get there. Or, but you know, there are creators whose livelihood is kind of dependent on them going and, and getting sales from it. They got burned by this, you know. But luckily, luckily, some of them kind of been able to, and people, you know, were ended up being in Baltimore anyway. So other things broke up, like I said, and people sound like there are some people and some vendors ended up being able to recoup some losses because of the other things that sprang up around it. So there, while this is a shit show. You know, there was some good things that sprang up around it that came out good for some people. Moving on, Sauro returns in 2018 Swords of Hell miniseries. Okay. Cool. Uh, apparently, you can flip through 32 marvelous images from a now super 
new exhibit at uh, the Mopop mm-hmm. Museum. Where is that? You tell me. I don't know. <laughs> I gotta open the link. It sucks. And well, and the link really and the really doesn't tell much because it's basically a slideshow of all the some of the stuff that, um, as you can see on the screen, uh, of uh, some of the images you will see at this exhibit. I don't know where the Mopop. I thought I figured it was somewhere up there near you. Like I said, like if it's in Mocha, you know, like Museum of uh, Sure. You know, contemporary art, whatever. You know, like whatever. But I was like, "What is that? Where is that?" So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a thing. It's out there. There you go. What's next? Um, <laughs> Avengers Six Toys Assemble. What's next? Moving on. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we can't because, like, basically, there are some sex toys from some Australian uh, sex toy maker that's out there. I've just put it in there because I found this funniest shit. Right. Moving right along. We already um, talked about Jason Aaron we kind of already talked about that, so we don't really need to do them. Um, but yes, new Avengers lineup, which we didn't really get into the actual lineup, but yeah, it's out there. Um, if we, we did talk about the big three: the Shield, uh, Captain Marvel, uh, Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider, and Black Panther, and Doctor Strange. Am I missing someone? I don't think so. And Captain Marvel, yeah. So you got him. Yeah, I did say that. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, in a book that I'm reading right now, Chip Zdarsky has now confirmed that Teresa is really Spidey's, Peter Parker's sister. And this is a character that has come up before in a storyline where the character was introduced as the potential uh, sister of Peter Parker and revealed to not be, but apparently now she is. Swerve. So The only thing I'm thinking of is where's Silk? Which is no relation to Peter, but still. I'm not sure. That's a good question. Silk has only appeared in uh, recent issues of Amazing. Okay. Anyway. During the Carnage carnage, uh, Green Goblin, the Carnegoblin, the Red Goblin stuff. Oh, no. Okay. Sure. Um, Marvel just read... Ta- well, we kind of talked about this with the Avengers 1. So Marvel just read Khan its entire mutant timeline. This was a, a story by Tim, um, our own Tim. Yes, that Tim. So just wanted to put that out there. But we kind of sort of glossed over this earlier. Uh, Gail Simone reveals work on a Poison Ivy slash Swamp Thing book, but there's a problem. And that problem is that it never came out, and it's sitting somewhere in limbo. But she was on Twitter and it kind of came out because some of that nasty stuff. There you go. Maybe it'll see the light of day because of this. We don't know. Dark Side's surprising no justice role set up in Wonder Woman 45 spoilers. Yeah, okay. So they're wiping Dark Side clean. Starting off fresh. That's pretty much it. Sure. Thanos light. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding, folks. Uh, the Flash 45, number 45, hints at Damien's reason for rebooting the Teen Titans, which I haven't read. It's a spoiler if you have. All right, so speaking of uh, Watchmen, the Doomsday Clock uh, stuff, is uh, the, the release date for number five has been revised again because they're behind because no one asked for this stuff. So uh, moving on. Artist Brian Stelfreeze leaves behind a surprise on a flight. So, um, yeah, so uh, Lucky Travelers on the way to or from Australia may have picked up a very special air sickness bag today. Well, at the time, because this was like last week, uh, courtesy of Brian Stelfreeze, who was on the fight and just decided to do something and left it. So that's kind of cool. And sounds like there are people who've done that kind of stuff before, including him, I guess. That's cool. Just try not to, you know, uh, try not Don't to use it away right away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, someone used this air sickness bag. What the hell? So, yeah, which I found the, the caption on the bag where the, because it, so if, if you're watching the video, it's a it's a it's a, a duel of uh, Catwoman and. Obviously, what's underneath her is not what he wrote, but what was already on the bag, which I found kind of funny. Gotcha. So, so I, was, I was going to... The next story is about um, the 2018 Eisner Award nominations. Which is, they are out. 
Right. Just want to mention that uh, Black Bolt by Saladin Ahmed and Christian Ward is nominated <laughs> for Best New Series. Shout out to Black Bolt. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of other stuff. You can go to the to the page, uh, the Comic Con International Awards page, or you can just look up 2018 Eisner Award nominations. If you are not looking at the show notes to check out a lot of good stuff, uh, including Black Panther: World of Wakanda, which died early, and Mr. Miracle, which is still going on weirdly, uh, and X Men: Grand Design, which both of us like from one day to score. Still continuing too. Exactly. So yeah, a lot of stuff. Um, so. Hey, a dude try, is trying to make a life-size uh, Hulkbuster, and I guess he's chronicling his thoughts um, and doing that. I know, right? And he's making it out of scraps he bought on eBay. Okay. Sure. So, that. oh, what is this? A Kickstarter campaign? Yes. Classic comic books in a rack home. <clears throat> so, I thought you would, well, I figured between you and Dirt would get a kick out of this. So, yes. Um, one, Jim Dimonacos, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, is trying to do a Kickstarter that brings up the the classic spinner rack, which is funny because they're not like dead or anything. Like you, I, I guess, like obviously, I saw one in my local comic book show, and you can find them, but they're not like out there for home use like they are yeah, for business. Yeah, exactly. This is something that you would you know find from like a, a magazine distributor or something. Yes. Uh, you know, however, it is that uh, newsstands and drugstores get these spinner racks. You know, because there's spinner racks that have like bi- Bibles and and. Yes. and like in your CVS or Rite Aid, so you know they're not. It's it's not uh, unheard of to find one, but now uh, it's exceeded its goal. You know, by, by it's 100% funded in only four hours. Oh. So I guess I might be ordering one of these. Let's see how much it is. So here's my thing on this. At first blush, I'm like, this is cool. I love the spinner rack. I remember the spinner rack. I still see them every now and then. Again, I said in the local comic shop, and I have actually seen pictures of people's like putting their comic collections out and they do have spinner racks so they've clearly gotten their hands on them. I'm still not imagining a wide use for this. Uh, what I was going to say is it all depends on how you display and or store your comics. Um, yes. I would I would venture that if I were going to get this, it would display maybe the last month's work of, worth of books so that I could go back and pull them if I wanted to. Read I would them. think so. Or like a new release, of like as I've seen recently with, um, or actually at my, so at my local comic book shop, uh, Heroes of Dragons, it's not a plug, just saying, uh, they have like new release variant covers, uh, variants uh, on, on a spin rack. Yes. Right. So, like, in turn, like, if you were going to get this for personal use, that's, like, one way to do it. Like, I've, I've joked about, you know, um, like, the, my, my ever-growing collection of uh, Marvel Legends where you can't display all of them. There's, you know, there's people out there that put these uh, display, their entire collections on display because they have room. And I'm like, no, I'd rather curate mine like a museum and I put out, you know, whatever it is I want to see for a little while. Right. And, you know, it rotates. So I would venture to use this um, spinner rack in a similar way and just display what I want to display. And then, you know, what needs to be uh, stored away in kind of long-term storage gets to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get, don't get it twisted. I think this is insanely cool. But still, like, logistically, it's like, <laughs> But, yeah, and I can see it for myself. Like, once I get this place shipped, shipped up, I was like, okay, I'm putting on my new books. Once I got them back, I'm putting them on the spinner rack. And then I'll come back, you know. It's surprisingly on the expensive side. Yes. $279. Oh, that's not, not a surprise, though. It's going to be 350 Wow. I did not that's, know things were that expensive. I mean, that's not a surprise. Like, I, you know, and then, like, wait, are they going to come, like, I didn't read it through to the Kickstarter. Is it going to come put together? Do you have to do it? Or, like, what's, what's, the, what's the logistics of that? They're probably partially put together. You know, there's, there's, there's probably some assembly required. Right. Like those boxes that I showed you at one time. Or that you showed me, actually. Right. Um, but anyway, that's kind of cool. It's a thing. 
if you're you know if you're a hardcore collector you probably would get like one or two of these or five i don't know or maybe you start another comic shop let's say the early birds are sold out the, the, right. right now it's 2.99 which is 50 dollars off retail mm-hmm. so that is it's still intriguing it's on the expensive side for me though yeah same it's more along the lines of I'm going to look for a store that's going out of business and see if they have a spin rack. <laughs> I think that's what my, my shop did because there's been a, a couple of shows that actually did, and that's where you got the spin rack from. Exactly. So, uh, shout out to York. That's my dude. Um, anyway, moving right along. Hasbro. Has- Bruce West. Oh, right. On this one. Oh, really? Yeah, because he's a big Power Rangers guy. Well, this is also true. This, this is true. Uh, Hasbro to acquire, uh, yeah, is to acquire. Power Rangers and other franchises from Saban sources, who is deep with a bunch of stuff, but their main one, obviously, is Power Rangers. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, once again, dipping it into his... Which I did not notice from this article that they had a hand in Toys R Us. I had Yeah, apparently they had a stake in Toys R Us, which has gone through bankruptcy in the last year. And because according to this article, uh, Hasbro... Lord Star- they, hey, guess what? They make toys. You know that. And you've probably seen them on older episodes of G.I. Joe regardless. Um, they have a bunch of stuff. They seek to reverse its losses following the bankruptcy of the last year of... Uh, now, that, actually, that doesn't necessarily mean that they had a part in that. But that just sounds like, hey, they got a lot of toys that was in Toys R Us that, were, that they were... You know, so I take back what I said previously on that, because there's actually no solid thing saying that they, they were actually kind of taking Toys R Us. Uh, regardless... They're going to own the so there's a deal between Hasbro and Saban Entertainment. Power Rangers is going to be under the Hasbro umbrella, and as um, one Matt Wang suggests, that there's a there's probably going to be a Power Rangers slash Transformers movie no. or a crossover movie at some point. Which I'm like, like yeah, it's probably the case, but I'm pretty sure Boom and Boom and, and uh, <laughs> Boom and IDW are part of had already had comic designs on that because they've been crossovering things left and right and other. So whether it's a good thing or not, we don't know, but it's a thing. Um, IDW, speaking of, uh, publishing names John Barber, new editor-in-chief, and, and along with this, there's actually, um, well, as far as Boom is concerned, which that was unintentional, um, oh, and also Anita Frazier is the senior vice president, uh, has become of uh, sales and marketing for IDW. But on the Boom side of things, uh, DC Marvel alum Janine Schaefer joins Boom Studios as executive editor, and so do a, a probably seven or eight other people in the editorial for Boom Studios. So apparently there's been a lot of moving around in, uh, in the comic spaces in the recent weeks. And last but not least, on the variant cover, Blue Falcon, Superboy, Robin, Dynamite, and more in new DC Comics Hanna-Barbera crossover variants. So we get to see a bunch of variants uh, some of which I think we may have seen before, which we definitely have seen before. Wait, let me, I should have made sure that this is... No, this is not. But yeah, there's a couple of new ones, like, like there's a Flash Speed Buggy one. There's actually Blue Falcon, which I was asking about with the Dynamite and Super Suns one, and an ad, which shouldn't be there. But that is the thing, and we are done with the news. I was going to mention that I did actually catch up with um, uh, the Black Lightning uh, CW show because it yes. hit Netflix. Yes, it did. So I worked my way through the episodes I had missed, so I can say that it's definitely worth catching up with. Agreed. And I haven't done that yet because I still have like four episodes to do. But Oh, yeah. I, I, I sprinkled a couple here and there, you know, like over the course of like the few days that it's been out already. I think it's been out a week. So yeah, uh, yes. here, like, you know, like a couple episodes here, a couple episodes there got me caught up pretty quick because unfortunately it's a lot like the, the newer prestige um, TV shows where there aren't as many episodes as we're used to. It's not like a 22 episode season. Or even 13. Yeah, exactly. So that's that. So, 
Um, looking for uh, comic book spinner racks on Google and or <laughs> eBay, and some of them are cheaper, some of them are just as expensive. So it's very interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. interesting to compare. So that's that. So our last ad read for the night. Uh, anytime I'm in a hurry, you know what I'm going to read. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or action figures. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends a CSPN uh, payment that helps us keep the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through cspn.us. Do it today. And with that note, we come to the end of another exciting episode of Combo Chronicles, and I just realized I'm, I made a typo, but that's fine. We're going to roll. Okay. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for coming out. We'd like to thank Tim for, for being around for as long as all that. Um, PC underscore dirt for wherever he is. You can find both of those gentlemen at TimDog98 uh, on Twitter and probably Facebook and other places. You can also find him help. Writing and or editing other things at various places, or editing in one particular oh. place. Yes, which he, I don't know if he wanted to put that out there, uh, wanted us to put that out there. But regardless, it's a, thing, it's a cool thing from which is which is necessitating him not being on, uh, which is other part of him not being on a show for a little while as he tries to get that together and some personal business with uh, a new baby now. Um, but Tim Dog ninety eight on Twitter. You can also find him at uh, CB Cron on Twitter. You can also find him at theclicknation.com And again, his other writings and other places across the internet. Which I guess now that he's got the job, I don't think he's going to be doing that much with other places. Chelsea. Yes. Um, and PC and underscore Dirt on Twitter. Popculture.net. Oh, excuse me. Popculture.net on Twitter. Not that. Um, I need comics.com. Popculturenetwork.com. Um, Freight Wolf Lodge. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't think he's gone there this year. Yeah. Um, and Agent underscore 70 on Twitter. You can also find him on Instagram at that same name, Agent underscore 70, where this man just, just comic collector, just genius. And you. Um, and other things. So of course, he does other things on that. Uh, you can also find me, Radicat, at Radicat on Twitter. You can also find me at Newsnotes Need on Twitter. You can also find uh, one of if you want to. I have those. I read it for Newsnotes Need before I get my site down. Uh, whenever that's going to ever happen. And also, CB Caps on Instagram, where I do comic um, inspired or comic caps of that I find amusing. Uh, you can find this very podcast on the CSPN, the CSPN.us. You can also find us in podcast places of perusal, such as Google and uh, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud. Um, there's probably a couple other bootleg places, but, you know, it is what it is. Shop.us.cspn.us. Go there. Get some merch from us and other fine programs on the CSPN. Help us out. Or just, you know, get some nice bag for yourself. It's, it's cool, some cool stuff over there. There's a shirt and some other things. You know what I'm saying? Where's probably? I don't have a shirt on right now, but it's all good. Um, and with that, unless you have a um, something to play, I stop. Yeah. You don't. Good. So we will be back next week. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel. Don't sue us, DC. Uh, this is V Click Nation's Combo Chronicles, and we are out. Peace. Peace. Peace.